Hello and welcome to The Softer Side. I'm your transitions coach, Shelley Carney. Shelley Carney and Toby Eunice bring you The Softer Side, life transitions and relationship coaching. Join the live chat on YouTube every Wednesday and Friday at thesofterside.live. And today's topic is don't lose momentum. And the poster says, if you're tired of starting over, stop giving up. I don't know about anybody else out there, but I know that for me, uh, a lot of times it's very difficult to keep with something when you're not getting results. And it's very easy to give up at that point. I am Shelly Carney. I'm certified wellness and life coach, and I am specializing in life transitions coaching as well as relationship coaching. Uh, this is Toby Yunus. He's the producer, and he's my business partner. Hola, mis amigos. Uh, for those of you on the podcast, uh, listening on the podcast, you can find our YouTube channel at thesofterside.live. And we have a wonderful amount of uh, great material that's all free on on the member vault site at esofterside.com. You can get in there and start looking around. Uh, there's uh, lots of great uh, topics that cover communication and relationships. And um, you can also sign up for a, uh, a uh, coaching session if you're interested. We also have a Facebook group, The Softer Side, on Facebook in the groups. And again, if you're interested in a free discovery coaching session, just go to esofterside.com, join the member vault, and you can schedule a call, and we can talk about your specific needs in that call. And if you have any private questions you would like to ask or topics you'd like to suggest for future videos, email me at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. So Toby, uh, why don't you take over for a minute, get uh, started in, into this topic, and I'm going to share this stream on my Facebook. So uh, Shelly and I discussed uh, this topic, I think, uh, late last week, and uh, it, it was the result of uh, something that she was dealing with at the time, and uh, she called <clears throat> several, several of her advisors, including me. And we talked about it, and one of the challenges, anytime you're trying, you're take, you've taken the risk, you're trying to build something out of that risk, and things just aren't happen, happening as fast as you would like them to, which is kind of the nature of almost anything that you decide to risk and uh, start doing. And what you, your tendency is to do one of two things, uh, either say, I'm not cut out for this, and I need to do something else, or this isn't for me, or... Uh, redouble your efforts. Now, we know, statistically speaking, that redoubling your efforts uh, doesn't hap happens about 30% of the time. Most people look at it and say, meh, I don't think I can do this. And and if they, what, what generally happens as part of that is just a little while later, they realize that was a mistake. I should have kept going. But at that point, they've lost momentum and they have to make up and it takes twice as much time uh, uh, to recover that to that point. Uh, and I, I think you guys have heard me tell the story about playing down. It's the same thing. If you're coaching someone and they lose momentum by playing another team that isn't as good as they are, it takes twice as long to recover from that one event. You have to recover from that before you can get back to normal. And that's what happens when you when you stop enough to lose that kind of momentum. It's it, it's I don't want to say it's hard to recover it makes it harder to recover. Uh, you want to just keep moving forward and find a way, even if it means talking to other people, 
and having them re-encourage you uh, about this uh, about this effort. Yeah, absolutely. So again, uh, we did have a call or a comment in the chat room last week from Rolene, and she had asked this question: uh, How do I? get back into things. Um, I hit, I've hit my goal or I've done the event that I was preparing for and, and then I'm just, you know, sitting there like, okay, now what? And kind of relaxing and kicking back and then you don't get back into it. So what can we do to uh, to change that up? And that's kind of what spurred this, uh, this idea of don't lose momentum. And a day or two later, I was experiencing what Toby told you about where I was just like, is this ever going to work? I'm not seeing results. And, and I don't even know if this is the right thing I'm doing. So I had to do a deep dive into my support system uh, to, to, to pull me forward. And um, that's, uh, that's a great way to get out of that. So let's get started with uh, why have goals in the first place? Um, they, goals will provide direction for us. They, they make us happy. Because when we're striving for something, uh, we have that direction, we feel clear, we feel clarity, we feel like we're growing, uh, we are motivated, and it just creates a more joyous journey, which just means um, I'm enjoying every day because I'm doing something that makes me feel productive, like I'm on my way to my goals. And it gives me personal satisfaction, and when I reach a goal, it gives me confidence. So as uh, this quote says, goals are important to have in life because while the future is uncertain, our hopes and desires don't have to be. So again, clarity. Then what is losing momentum? When you lose momentum, you're no longer moving towards achievement. You're just kind of stalled. You've stopped doing the things that you know you need to do to be successful. You're like, you know what? Uh, I worked really hard for three months straight and didn't go out to eat at all and, and dieted and lost all this weight and did this, you know, this physical event. And now I need to just relax and rest. Um, so you've lost that momentum. Maybe you could have gone on and done more if you'd had further goals or if you kept at it, but you stop. And that happened to me. So I know about that. Why does it happen? Usually because we have an unclear goal or we were doing it for somebody else. We weren't doing it for ourselves. And I think that's a big part of why I quit was like, I'm going to train for this event because it made my trainer happy and um, not really because it made me happy. So when I finished the the event, I was I was not satisfied with it. I wasn't satisfied with my performance. I wasn't in it for me. I was doing it for somebody else. So I got to watch that. Uh, we don't do those big goals. We don't do it for somebody else. We have to have our own reasons why we're doing it. We may self-sabotage ourselves and say, you know what? Um, I, I don't want to go any further because that's the unknown, and the unknown is outside my comfort zone. So I'm just going to stop. I'm just going to stop. I don't want to do it. That's that fear, that negativity, and that self-sabotage. We might get distracted. Other things might come up. We might have a health issue that arises, or somebody in our family has a health issue, or something's going on at work that's demanding all of our uh, focus, and we get distracted, and we can't focus on that goal anymore. Um, something else becomes a priority, so it takes us off of what we were doing, and then we kind of just put that behind us and, and forget about it for a while. Uh, we might compare ourselves to people who are way ahead of us, say... Uh, 
you know, that life coach, she makes a million dollars a year. I'll never get there. I'm never going to be that good. I'm never going to have that many clients, you know, and I could compare myself to somebody like that. And then it would really just say, ah, why even try? Why even bother? Um, But if I if I want to compare myself to to somebody, I should be comparing myself to where I was a few months ago and say, look how far I've come. Look how much I've done. Uh, Look at my progress. Or I might even compare myself if, um, you know, I want to compare myself to other women my age and what kind of physical condition I'm in as compared to what they're in. And I could say, well, I could compare myself to some, uh, you know, people who are doing 10Ks all the time or marathons and and Ironmans and triathletes. I could compare myself to them and and feel really bad about myself. Or I could compare myself to somebody who uh, is, is, you know, overweight and, and, and has in poor health. And I could say, well, you know what, I'm not doing that bad after all. I'm, I'm keeping myself healthy and I'm, and, you know, I'm on track for me. Um, so got to watch that comparison because it can really shut down our momentum. Lack of expected results. This shuts me down a lot. You know, I really intended to have to be at this point at this time in my life, and I'm not there yet. And I don't think I'm ever going to get there doing what I'm doing. So, you know, I'm done. That's it. I'm moving on. Uh, that can really kill something. So if you're not getting the expected results, you got to look back and say, are my expectations too high? Are they uh, wrong? Are they incorrect for where I want to be? Um, am I expecting way too much uh, because I'm comparing myself to somebody who's, you know, two or three years ahead of me and I expect to be where they are right now? Um, you have to watch those expectations. And then maybe you don't have a support system. Maybe like I could call my friends and family members and say, you know, I'm feeling like I'm stuck and I'm stalled and I'm not sure if I'm going the right direction and I need some support. And they were there for me and they're like, you know, you are going to be able to do this. Just stick with it. You're doing great. Look at all that you've accomplished. And if you don't have that support system, a lot of times we lose that motivation because uh, we are, the human being needs that, uh, that affirmation, that appreciation, and that, uh, that bolstering of our confidence in order to move forward. So really, really important is that support system. When we experience that bump in the road or that obstacle that, that make, causes us to lose our momentum, that obstacle, we can look at it as a test to see if, is that goal something I really do want? And I think when we don't get those expected results, is every time we get there, we do need to look at that goal and say, is that something uh, that I really want? And am I expecting too much out of these efforts? Um, so, The obstacle is a great way to look at it and say, hmm, is it worth overcoming this obstacle uh, to get to where I was going? Should I reconfigure my goal? Um, And it could be an obstacle that's related or unrelated. Like I mentioned, somebody in your family could be sick and now you don't have time to really focus on your own goal because you're you're obligated to take care of that sick family member. you could fail to identify the challenge that's ahead of you. You could for not even realize that you put your own goals to the side to focus on somebody else's goals. Um, you could ignore your feelings towards that obstacle. You know, uh, you know that obstacle either could be a relief. Oh, good, now I don't have to do that goal. Or it could be a frustration. Well, I just don't think I can ever get over this. Um, and then we need to allow that challenge not to 
cause a loss of motivation, we need to look at that challenge as that test. You know what? I'm good at passing tests. I'm an excellent student. I can learn anything so I can get past this obstacle if that goal is really important to me. Uh, If you're finding yourself losing motivation and you're not really sure if that goal is right for you, but you think it is, just take a step back, take a breath, slow down, examine your behavior. You know, is is what I'm doing contributing towards uh, achieving that goal? Am I doing the things I need to do? Am I eating right, exercising if I want to lose weight? Or am I... uh, doing the work that needs to be done? Am I focusing on the, uh, the work with the greatest ROI for me? Um, examine your behavior. Strengthen and define your goal. Sometimes we have a weak, unclear goal. Uh, it's a good idea to write it down, uh, break it down into steps, put it up on your vision board, put some posters up, um, and really be able to f- visualize what it is you want. And then review the strategies that have worked for you in the past. You know, I'm doing all of these things. Out of all of these things, which one's working and which one's not? Let me focus on the things that are working and do those. Keep breaking it down into smaller steps every day. If you can do something small every day to bring you closer to your goal, that's going to give you motivation to continue. Try doing something different for a little bit. Just to break it up, just to give you some fresh air, right? Do something that brings you joy. I've been working hard all week and I'm going to a seminar on Saturday uh, to work on my business. I need to take Sunday off and just do something completely different and relax and take my mind off work. So I'm going to go on a little trip. So that's something that you can do that's going to give you a little bit of joy, a little bit of rest and a reset. And then you can come back on Monday with new ideas, confidence and energy to get started on that goal again. It's important to remember your why. Why am I doing this? Is it for me? Was it my idea? Is it something that I want to accomplish? And if so, why do I want to accomplish that? You know, um, the other day I sat down and wrote out things that I want in my life. I wrote 25 things that I want in my life. And 10 of those things are things that I want that I already have. And looking at that list, you know, gave me that gratitude moment of, I'm so glad I have these things in my life. And I would be, you know, so much worse off if I didn't have them. So I'm really glad that I have them. And that could be anything from um, really happy that I have a good marriage. I'm happy that my kids are well and healthy. You know, I'm happy that I have a nice house and uh, cars that are functioning and uh, they're all paid off. So we don't have those bills. Um, There's a lot of really great things that I have that I'm grateful for. And then 10 things that I don't have yet, but I'm working on, you know, which includes growing my business or uh, 100,000 YouTube subscribers (laughs) and uh, we're working our way up on, on these things. And these are the things we're aiming for. And then five things that are big audacious goals. Uh, So that would include things like I want to be a professional speaker, I want to take a first class uh, 10 days to two weeks vacation, which would include include some European cities, Um, you know, just big goals that I will accomplish, but they're going to take maybe a few years to get there. Um, So these things I think are really important 
I have a vision board and that's, that's where I put them so that I can see them and know them and be clear about them and then understand why I want them as well. Again, dive into your support system when you feel like, I just can't, I just can't go, I can't go on. I can't go forward. I'm really stuck. Dive into your support system. And that includes things such as your habits and processes. Uh, If your habit uh, that got you moving forward was to fill out a planner every morning and every evening, get back into that. If your habit of going for a walk and listening to a podcast every, every, every day or five days a week or whatever you have, if that is a habit that kept you motivated and um, excited, then get back into that. Get back into your habits and processes. That's part of your support system. Talk to your friends and family. Ask them for your support. For their support. Tell them how you're feeling. I'm feeling stuck. I'm feeling uh, unmotivated. I'm feeling, let them know how you're feeling and ask for them to support you to get moving again. And they're going to do that for you because I'm sure that you do that for them in return. Uh, seek out a coach or a mentor if, that, if you feel really stuck and you don't know which direction to go or what your next step is. It's especially a good time to look for a coach or a mentor. Uh, I just recently signed up with SCORE, which is a set of retired individuals who have had their own businesses, and they do mentoring for free. They're located in a lot of different cities. So if you're looking for a mentor, look into S-C-O-R-E, SCORE, um, and they offer free mentoring and free classes on building a business and in that sort of thing. So a wonderful place to look for a mentor. Uh, books and podcasts, anything that keeps you up, motivated, um, thinking new ideas and new thoughts to keep me moving ahead. That's a really great support system. And then, of course, healthcare professionals. If uh, for any reason you haven't been to the doctor in a year or more, make sure you go to the doctor and get a checkup and, and have blood work done and make sure that everything is right because sometimes we can slide so slowly into um, being unhealthy and having issues in our health that we just accept them as part of old age or uh, what this is just normal for a person my age or, um, you know, whereas if we went to the doctor and had all this work done and spoke with them and told them I'm willing to do anything, I'll change my diet, I'll change my lifestyle, I just want to feel better, I want to think clearer, um, what can we do? And have them help you create a plan to get you to that uh, to that level of health that you're looking for senior core of retired executives ah score 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 <laughs> they're all good people yeah and free so yeah. i mean and they tailor it to your needs what are you looking for in a mentor what kind of questions do you have uh what kind of experience are you looking for them to have so that they can help you best so really helpful uh, take small steps. Sometimes we bite off more than we can chew, and that is the biggest, you know, uh, deterrent to moving forward. Because we're like, I can't climb this mountain in in one day. You don't have to. You know, you take a few steps today. Tomorrow, you take a few more steps. Uh, just keep it small, and take but take action. Do one small step, but take action because action spurs motivation. And these small wins. I did that. What did you do today? I did this. Awesome. That's a win. You know, celebrate. And then uh, 
when you continue to take that action and you continue to focus on your goal, unforeseen opportunities will arise, and that's the law of attraction. Because you're actively pursuing that goal, letting the world know, this is what I'm after, this is what I'm doing, and everybody who hears about it wants to help you, so they'll start sending help your way. Make sure you have compassion for yourself. Don't be putting yourself down just because, you know, ugh, I shouldn't have quit, uh, you know, and then and then tried to start again. It's too hard. Um, that was really a dumb mistake. Well, you know, setbacks happen to everyone. Just uh, if, you know, if that is part of your life, that is what was supposed to happen because that is what did happen. So we accept it and we move forward. Uh, resilience is so important to uh, to move forward in life. And we only learn resilience through having failures, uh, through quitting and having to start again. We learn resilience. Failure equals learning. Uh, <laughs> especially important for entrepreneurs uh, to know that every risk will probably end in failure, but sometimes not. So... <laughs> Failure is learning, though. So you keep moving forward, you keep having failures, and you keep learning. That's life, right? Winning builds <laughs> confidence. Losing builds character. Character. And, and it's the same for you taking risks. Yeah. Winning, when you take risks, accomplishing it uh, builds confidence. If you uh, don't achieve it, then it should build some character, and you can move forward. And that's why risk takers, I'm a firm believer that risk takers are born, not made. Mm. because they have the resiliency required to come back from their last failure and start over again. They never are... But then they are made. Well... They're it, made through their failures. It's the combination of things. The, the, the genetic component, I think, is the willingness to take risks, right? The development is environmental. The more risks you take, the more chances there are to fail, mm -hmm. and the more opportunities it, there are to come back mm -hmm. and do it again mm -hmm. with something different or... Uh, but it's an important process. Yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's part of the journey. Mm -hmm. Life is a journey, and we need to fix that. What? Oops. <laughs> Life is a journey, and we need to enjoy the process. Um, it's not about where you're going. It's about what you're doing today. Uh, when, you, when you're so focused on the future and whether or not you're going to achieve that goal, you're actually uh, stealing from this moment uh, to have, you know, to, to you're borrowing, you know, you're stealing your, uh, your mental awareness from right now, your enjoyment of right now, and uh, you're giving it away to either the past or the future. So make sure you're enjoying right now. And detaching meaning just means, um, you know, I'm doing the work daily. And uh, where I end up, is where I end up. And if you if you attach all the meaning to that, if I don't get to my goal, then I am a loser, I'm a failure, and I'm never going to amount to anything. If you put that kind of pressure on yourself, then uh, it's too much. You're going to uh, you're going to have too much stress, too much anxiety about this goal in your life. So you want to just say, Yeah, I want to get there, and Today I'm going to do this in order to get there, but uh, if, you know if I if I get there in another route or if I don't get to that goal but I get to something else instead, that's okay too. So we got to detach what it means to uh, 
to achieve that goal or to move forward in life. And it just means, you know, life's a journey. So once you've achieved a goal, then how do you continue on, right? How do you not just sit there and say, well, that's done. I can relax now. I could just eat everything and not worry about losing weight anymore. Well, we can't do that, obviously. We achieve, we celebrate, and we rise higher, which means uh, we can celebrate our win. Yay, I lost 20 pounds this year. That's so awesome. Uh, I'm going to enjoy the moment. I'm going to say, you know, I did a good job, and I worked really hard to get there. And then immediately set a new goal. I want to lose five more pounds in the next couple of months and get to work, do the work that's required to get to that goal. Never stop striving for something because when you do that, you know, it's like being an idol. You're right. You're sitting in a car and you're idling at a, at a stoplight and you're not going to go forward. And it's very frustrating. Habits matter. Uh, Abraham Lincoln said the best way to predict the future is to create it. And we can do that a day at a time and a step at a time and doing one small thing at a time. Uh, Jim Ryan said, motivation is what gets you going, but habit is what keeps you going. So it's important to have that support system of habits and processes in place to keep us going forward. Here are my recommendations for not losing momentum. Write down your goals. This is so important. Not to just, oh, I kind of know where I'm going. I kind of know what I think I want. Write them down. Because when you write them down, you're committing to those things. And if you put them up on the wall, other people are going to see those goals. And then it becomes real. Instead of just being in your mind and it's some sort of fuzzy dream that you had, it becomes real because you brought it out into the real world when you wrote it down and you posted it and other people saw it or you talked about it with them. Yeah, see, I'm going to do that and that. Awesome. How can I help you? That's what we're looking for, right? Bring it forth in the world, and the world will come back and help you with it. Create a vision board. This is fun. I have a big, giant cork board on my wall, and I just, like I told you, I made the uh, the 10 goals, 10 things that I already have that I want, 10 things that I want that I don't have yet, and five big, hairy goals that are going to happen over the next few years. And put that up on my vision board and I'm going to be adding pictures and, and uh, visual reminders of what it is that I've said that I want. And the more that I see them, the more that I'll act upon them. Build your support system. Uh, make sure you have friends that you can lean on in times when you feel like, I just can't keep going. I don't feel it. I'm not, I'm not feeling it. You need, to, you need to build your support system for those times when you're not feeling it. Journal daily. Um, this is really cool. When you actually do it, write down in the morning the things that you want for that day to happen and you, goals that you're trying to work on. And then in the evening, look back and say, did I do those things? Uh, how do I feel about myself today and, and the work that I did? Journaling daily really, again, gets that nebulous dream world out into the real world. And uh, it becomes so much more actionable when you do that. Hope that you will also reach out and join the Softer Side member vault at esofterside.com. Uh, join our Facebook group. 
if you're looking for our podcast, that is the podcast that is created from these shows. Uh, you can find that on Anchor FM, Spotify, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts, and a few other places that uh, maybe not quite as familiar as those. And if you would like to write to me, you can uh, find find me by email at thesofterside.info at gmail.com. And I uh, hope that you will reach out and build your support system by accessing these support materials. Also, again, I have that free coaching, uh, free discovery coaching session available to you when you when you join the member vault. You can find it there. You can schedule that. <coughs> so, uh, in the live chat room, I have a question for you. What goal are you working towards that needs more support to achieve? You can find that in our chat room. You can find that support. That's part of your support system. Uh, so let us know and bring that nebulous dream out into the real world by letting people know what it is you're working on. So, Toby, uh, how would you answer that question? What goal are you working towards that needs more support to achieve? Oh, more support. Um, so I'm, I'm not convinced necessarily that it... Uh, I think... So I need to qualify what I'm about to say. <laughs> so I think the difference between me and a lot of people mm -hmm. is that I tend to be self-reliant, right? And uh, my support system uh, consists of people uh, who I can trust. Uh, but a lot of the times, my ideas are a little bit obtuse, and so they're not quite sure what to do with it. Uh, my current objective, my current... So, so it's, you know... Mission, strategies, objectives, goals. Mm -hmm. And uh, so my current objective, which has a bunch of subsets of goals under there, is to build our new channel to 1,000 subscribers as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then my second objective is to reach 4,000 hours worth of watch time in the last 12 months, whatever the measure is. Mm -hmm. So those are the two primary objectives. Mm -hmm. I have a third objective that makes sure I maintain the integrity and quality of a gypsy's kiss while I'm doing those other things. Beneath those, there are some goals. And, and my trick has always been to ask myself if what I was doing at any one moment of time, I, I think you know me well enough to know that I'm not a lethargic person, that I'm constantly in motion. But sometimes I can be constantly in, in motion and not moving myself closer to my goals and objectives. Right. So You're what, playing around with distractions. Right. Lots of squirrels. Exactly. Right. Lots of squirrels. <laughs> and, I, and I can do that because I have lots of interests. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm always interested in learning new things. So what I have to be cautious of is making sure that what I'm doing gets me closer. And so mm -hmm. I, I have to ask myself, is what I'm doing right now getting closer to helping me to get closer to those three objectives, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Maintaining the quality and integrity of, the, of a gypsy's kiss, building out uh, the new channel to 1,000 subscribers, and figuring out how to produce enough content to generate 4,000 hours of watch time in the last 12 minutes. So am I getting closer? And, and so when I sit down and... I'm, I've got the Eastman, eastwood.com website. Mm -hmm. I ask myself, is there some, am I spending money for the hell of it or mm -hmm. am I spending money that helps me get closer to those objectives? Mm -hmm. It's like that. Or Amazon or anything else. Mm -hmm. When I'm out in the garage at 2 o'clock in the morning learning how to pop hubcaps off the plastic, you know, <laughs> things right. like that, I have to ask myself, is this really getting me closer? And, and the answer so far has been yes. 
but it's the same advice I'd give to, uh, I would give to my children. You know, if they wanted to achieve something, and I asked them, tell me what you want to achieve. Mm-hmm. And then we'd, we'd, they didn't know it was objectives followed by goals, et cetera, et cetera. But we had that conversation. And then uh, they would say, do I need a plan? Right? Mm-hmm. Do I need to make a plan? And I would say, no, you don't need to make a plan. Just ask yourself every time you're doing something, is what I'm doing right now getting me closer to that objective? Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I wanted to bring up the point of elite athletes. Elite athletes, um, when they when they achieve, and this probably applies to Rolene, although she's not, you know, world class. She's an active athlete, and uh, this probably applies to her. Uh, elite athletes, once they go to an event, if you just finished, uh, I'm trying to think of that swimmer, Mark. Uh, what's what's the swimmer? Spitz? No, no. Oh. the most recent, <laughs> you know, multi medal winner swimmer. I can't remember his name. Oh. Anyway, so they have a process that when they go to the Olympics and they win 7, 10, 20 medals, uh-huh. they give themselves a period of what they call dedicated relaxation, committed relaxation. Right. And, and they decide on a time. They and their coaches decide on a time. So some athletes, it's one day. Mm-hmm. Others, it's three days. Others, it's a week. But in that committed relaxation, one of the actions that they take while they're relaxing is they sit down with their trusted advisors and they make up a plan. And it's the making up of that plan that is the most most helpful in re-motivating you to your objectives. Because when you finish this Olympics, you have the nationals a year away, right? Or whatever, whatever the next athletic uh, event that you want to compete in and or or perform well in. Mm-hmm. So so part of the dedicated relaxation uh, uh, recovery, uh, recovery mm-hmm. is sitting down long enough with your trusted advisors, if you have trusted advisors, and making a plan that gets you to that next objective. And, and that's actually, it's actually a relaxing thing to do because it gives you the opportunity. You know, you said something to me uh, yesterday about um, those 25 things that you want to achieve mm-hmm. and 10 of them have to be um, things that you've already achieved. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I want a nice house with three bedrooms so I can turn one into a studio, mm-hmm. right? And be gra- first of all, be grateful for that. But that planning, what that planning process does is it helps to remind you where you are at that given point in time, yeah. right? right. I'm, an, I'm an elite athlete. I just won the Olympics, I have a nice house. I have a, a bevy of coaches here to help me, uh, coaches, advisors, et cetera, et cetera. And, and the planning gives you the opportunity to think about all those things that are in place and then maybe a couple of other things that aren't, mm-hmm. right, so that you, you have to accommodate. And, and when it comes to the kinds of things that we're doing, you knew that when we got the idea to build out the new channel, that garage was fine the way it was. <laughs> it didn't have sand blasters and 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 powder coating things, right? So they had to be considered, and the investment that you have to make has to be considered, and decisions have to be made about how far are we going to take this, and you know, what what can we do with it if we're going to make this kind of financial investment? Because it's it's not super expensive, but it's not cheap. It's right. part of your discretionary income. That means you may not go on a vacation this summer because you've invested in trying to produce everything that you need for this new channel to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, we teased each other about having spent three or four hundred dollars on um, basically toys because they helped to motivate that channel, and what and and that was all part that was in that planning thing. Where do we want to go? And 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 the other thing about it is, every time you make an investment, it reinforces whether it, whether it's an investment in 
time or effort or money, because that's what you have uh, to invest, um, it, it reinforces the idea that you're pretty good at what you do already and you want to move forward. It's what I, I'm grateful for what we have. I'm grateful that we can do the things we do. Um, and so it makes making the investment worthwhile. And that has the circular effect of, well, if I want to make the investment, that means we're going to do this, right? It's a com- commitment. Mm-hmm. So, um, and, and once you get in that thing, it's not hard to be busy. You know, it's not hard to keep doing those things. And just, you know, the danger is over committing, right? Making sure that you give yourself some time for dedicated relaxation, right? So let's use what you're talking about as an <clears throat> example. Um so you, in your mind, came up with this Michael goal. Phelps. That's uh, Don. Ah. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, great. Thank you, Don. Uh, so you, in your mind, came up with this goal, this idea, this nebulous dream, right? What were the steps and the results of each step that got you to where you are right now? So you, you told me about it. Yeah. You told me about it. You. Right told me what you wanted to do you uh-huh. shared your goal you uh-huh. shared your goal with your support system well i think I, I so i think the first thing is you you have to have a vision right you have to have what's the potential here and that comes from doing research that indicates to you you know these guys are not doing something that i i couldn't do that, that they're doing something that i can do mm-hmm. right uh but you want to be different and so the vision for what you're trying to accomplish starts formulating. And the vision is the hardest thing to explain because it's very nebulous, right? right. I see this and I see this. And it isn't until you start identifying the, um, the, uh, what the actual mission is about building a channel. And I'll use the building a, a channel. So it starts with a vision. And, and I think before you start uh, turning that into something concrete, a plan, you just throw the vision out there. Mm-hmm. You play. I like having the vision thing just so I can play with it. What do you think about this? To mm-hmm. see, you know, and I tell you, and I talk to Kevin, and I talk to the kids, and and uh, the kids are, are really funny now because they just trust my ability to get these visions and turn this into something, no matter how ridiculous it sounds. <laughs> you know, I've just done it enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, that that process of taking risks there's there's a point at which you know I've, I've said in the past that um that people who take risks are more likely to fail than they are to succeed but but that's only true up to a certain period and then you know who you are what you are what your capacities are what your skills are what your education has done for you and you increase the probability of you actually succeeding with every risk and I think at age 70, that's kind of finally, it's still not 100%. I still have some really, well, I'm not going to say massive failures in the context of my life. They're not massive by any stretch. But I think what happens is, well, you start throwing that vision out there and people tell you whether you're crazy or not. Mm-hmm. And then and then sometimes you do it anyway, mm-hmm. right? Um, and, and that's why, so I talk about the vision. I get a response. I see how many people I can get to buy into it. You, you know, I, I go back to my 65th birthday party where I thought it was going to be a retirement party. And I looked at all of you guys and said, we've got a new business, yeah. you know, do you want to join? And, and everybody said, okay, let's go do this, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think part of that, a part of people willing to do that with you is that you've had, you have had some successes and they know that if nothing else, it's going to be a fun time and you're going to really enjoy yourselves, you know, mm-hmm. and coincidentally you might make some money in the okay. process. So you shared the, you got the vision, you researched it, said these 
decided that this is where you wanted to go. You shared the vision uh -huh. with, with me and your family. And, uh -huh. uh, and then what resulted from that sharing? My little one-page plan. Okay. Right. What's the mission? What, what are the strategies that drive that mission? What are the three main objectives that you want to accomplish? And then in those objectives, what are the five or six goals? It, it doesn't, it, you don't, it, it's real simple, and that's why I call it a one-page plan. People have a tendency that when they establish their objectives, they go for 10 or 12 objectives. That, that's way out of reach. Mm -hmm. So three objectives, three to five goals for each objective, and then milestones for each one of those. Mm -hmm. And the milestones tell you where you think you want to be. And the nice thing about that one-page plan is it's eminently adjustable, mm -hmm. right? If you find out that your, your powder coating kit is going to take five weeks because it's back-ordered, you, you readjust. You make, you make the adjustment that. Or you, you get the powder coating kit and you try it out for the first day and you melt your car as it's mm -hmm. right Right. So you adjust what, what needs to be done now because there's a certain amount of testing that has to take place. Mm -hmm. And that's all kind of in that process. Now, there's not just an adjustment in the plan written down, but there's an adjustment. And there is also additional help coming from, like, for instance, I come and I help you with right. filming. Kevin right. comes and helps uh, set up the garage. Right. And he's working on uh, plans for fabrication of right. plastic parts. Plastic parts. Um, and then I'm sure... You continue to get uh, messages back and forth from other people who have their own uh, restoration YouTube channels. And, and I do. I'm in constant communications with them as I go to their channels and I comment and I ask questions. They respond to the questions. So you you're know. taking this nebulous idea and turning it into something that's real in the real world. And other people are not only aware of it, but they're helping you make it come to fruition. Well, well I think part of having the vision and talking about the vision is what helps them and, and, and part of having the reputation for implementing visions is what helps them say, okay, well, what part can I take? You and I mm -hmm. had a long conversation about, well, I've got to do, I've always been the shooter in almost everything that we've done, right? I've always been the shooter. This is different. I got to do the, the skilled stuff. So that means you have to be the shooter. And we both know that you, we, A, we have the equipment and B, we have the expertise. It's just going to take time to figure out how we want to shoot it. And we're, we've put out some pretty good videos, so two pretty good videos so far. And, um, and then the other thing that I want to do is be different from the others. And so we're taking a different strategy in what we're restoring, right? We made it completely like, oh, that's off in center field. Why are we going to do that? Mm -hmm. And then we decided to use, because we have this wonderful studio, we decided how to incorporate that. And that's all part of, I think, uh, the vision. And you know as well as I do that the, the vision is constantly being modified in my shower every morning, <laughs> right? And then I call you and I say, what about this? Mm -hmm. And how does it fit into everything? And what needs to take place uh, with that? But we don't change uh, basically the three main objectives, right? So say that um, the station, say that the channel doesn't, grow uh -huh. for the first month it doesn't do what you expected it doesn't uh -huh. meet your expected results at that point um would you lose momentum what would you do to overcome that obstacle so uh, there if you're not seeing so so you have to temper your you have to temper your expectations of results i've had enough experience with youtube channels to now know that there are certain things that'll take you from one to 150,000 subscribers in six months. 
and there are certain things that won't. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that I have against me in this case is my age. The people that do these things, the people that are most popular on, on in some of these areas are, are younger, right? Is that a true fact or is that an, an interpretation that you have? Well, it's interesting that you say that because I can think of four of the, of the 10 or 12 that I follow that admit they're doing this to give to provide these restored toys to their grandchildren, mm -hmm. you know. So there are people my age that are doing this very successfully and growing pretty successfully. And what you look at is what are they doing? You know, what is it that they're doing? If you look at the Ticey tubes and the and the mechanics, what they do is borders on the miraculously skilled. You know, they're so good at what we do. I don't, they, and they have the equipment, they have the time, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And they built their channels out really, really quickly. If you look at Rescue and Restore, he went from zero to 150,000 subscribers in three months. Mm -hmm. Remember how in here I talked about comparing yourself to those top right. performers? Right. How, do you think that's going to uh, create an obstacle for you? I think what you need to do is the, the benefit that you have is that you've seen what they've done to achieve the results that they probably didn't expect, mm -hmm. right? What was interesting about the Rescue and Restore was he modeled himself after Ticey Tube mm -hmm. and My Mechanic, and these are all names for those of you who aren't familiar. These are all YouTube channels that have grown very, very quickly, and all they do is restore stuff, basically, and they, they pick kind of their, their model. What I've noticed about... Ticey Tube, who's the oldest of these, who had focused on uh, finding old these old antique things and restoring them to, and, and you've heard me say this before, beyond new. Mm -hmm. he, he does that. Mm -hmm. He's transitioned over now, and he's starting to do the toys. Mm -hmm. So he picked up on that whole model of growth, but that maybe if you just do toys. So he's, he's alternating now between... So not only do you grow as a channel or right. as a person... But the entire community grows there's, around there's a, you. There's a real sense of that. If you look at how they communicate with one another on Instagram, you know, the first people to comment on one of Ticey Tube's restorations is my mechanic, Rescue and Restore. Mm -hmm. uh, 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 what's his name? Thanks. Uh, I, I forgot his full name. Thanks something. But they all they all communicate with one another, and they know who they are, and... Uh, I just noticed that uh, my mechanics just did a uh, antique lantern that Ticey Tube sent to him mm -hmm. because he had two of them. He did one himself, and then he sent him one and let him do his. So the YouTube could be a way of expressing goals or what. Here's what I am restoring. Here's what I do. Right, and then people get that and they see that and they say, "Let me." help you right. by giving you this thing to restore. I, I have yet to see in either the 164th scale community mm -hmm. or the restoration, what I'll call the restoration, whether it's toys or other antique objects, I have yet to see what I would call competition. They challenge, they, they, there are several of them that, you know, uh, uh, Danny's diecast disasters challenges Matchbox resurrection and says let's do a van i'll mm -hmm. challenge you to do your van and and 
they they do it. It's not like one's going to win over mm-hmm. the other. The people in the comments say, oh, I like Danny's better. Nobody so takes they're both seriously. growing because so of the that's, competition. That's exactly it. So they get to say, here's my interpretation of that. Mm-hmm. And uh, here's a link to Matchbox, Matchbox Resurrection, Resurrection's interpretation of that. Let us know what you think in the comments. And I think that this is a good um, allegory, a good um, example mm-hmm. of human nature. Right. Um, any kind of a, an industry, any kind of uh, project work, if you, the more people who know about it and, and become a part of that, uh, the more they can take ownership of it and want to make it better, mm-hmm. even though that's not, you know, it's not his project, right. it's your project. Right. He wants to help you make it better just because it, it's cool. You know, he, it gives him motivation for his, mm-hmm. for his own work. Um, and I think that uh, is very relatable to human nature of any kind. If you look at the difference, so uh, I grew up in Washington, D.C. towards the evolution of the information technology industry, right? And, and I could watch that, and, and it surrounds, it's, it's prevalent in Washington because it's a high-tech city, right? And so I watched it, and I watched the competition, and I watched the losers fall off the side, and mm-hmm. I watched as people transition from losers to what they thought were winners to those losers to what they thought were winners, Right. I had clients at Cullinet, um, uh, which was a software company that it ended up uh, losing out at, um, I can't even remember their name now, that ended up losing out at Sybase, and eventually Oracle was the winner. And Oracle started in last place. But as you watch that competition as they killed each other off, and you ask yourself, did it make the industry better? It made the technology better. Mm-hmm. But in, in D.C., you never knew when you were meeting a guy for lunch which company he was working for at that point in time. Mm-hmm. YouTube is completely different from that. They're, they're apparently, they feel like apparently our growth in, on YouTube is a mutually you know, enhanced as long as we stick together. Right. As long as we don't make this a competition because when you make, make for competition on YouTube, mm-hmm. the, it, it uh, changes the community. Right. You start losing views, you start losing subscribers, every, and right. it happens to everybody. Mm-hmm. The more negative it is, mm-hmm. and, and luckily I think what's interesting about some of the communities that you and I have worked in already on YouTube is that people realize there's something wrong with what's going on here, and they yeah. tend to migrate magnetically to the people that aren't creating that kind right. of... Right, we're attracted to positive people. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And we're detracted or we're repelled and, by negative people. And, and, I, and I've been researching these two areas now for about two and a half to three months and I get zero in the way of negative vibes. Mm-hmm. L- literally zero in the way of negative vibes. You don't get people talking about each other. They just seem right. to be doing their They're thing. They're like, well, there's plenty of room. Come yeah. on in. And then, and then, of course, there's a big Instagram thing. They, they support each other on Instagram as well. So uh, it's interesting to watch mm-hmm. and it's very different from the traditional corporate competitive environment that mm-hmm. I, I was familiar with and most people are familiar with. Uh, it's very different. You don't see that kind of competitiveness and what that tells me is that uh, YouTube is a big enough uh, marketeer that anybody can grow on YouTube and, and YouTube says that. You go to right. any one of the YouTube events and they say, Anybody can grow on YouTube. Well, and it would be like somebody who came to us and said, I want to start a YouTube channel. How did you do it? Right. And, and what can you tell me about it? Right. And we would be glad to share our right. experience and, and teach them what we knew. Yeah. Uh, it's just, 
it's that kind of an atmosphere where it's not state secrets. I'm happy no. to share what, what we know and point you in the direction of other people who can also teach you. No, and that's kind of the thing about YouTube is there, there, there is very little that is secret. And if it's something that you don't know, do a search, a YouTube search, and you'll find somebody else talking about it. Yeah. I've always been amazed at how people will say. I think it's a community, YouTube in general. Yeah. That was originally established for helping people right. uh, by, you know. How-to videos. How-to. Yeah. Here's how to do that. Here's how to fix that. Yeah. People really rely upon it for uh, learning mm -hmm. how to do things that they don't know how to do. Yeah, you can go back to some of those older videos. The I, I think it's 2006. Uh, and there's still videos up there from the 2006 where basically, uh, I'm going to show you how to repair this screen door. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, and that's, that's what they did. They just thought about uh, being helpful on that. Uh, you know, it's expanded. It's not... It's not Wikipedia, and it's not an encyclopedia, but it is certainly, I mean, my first resource for learning anything new, as I did during this last three-month period, was YouTube, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And what gives me ideas is when I went to looking for sandblasting die-cast cars, there was one really bad video. <laughs> so I had to, there, was, there were two conclusions. Mm -hmm. One, A, conclusion A is there's no market there, mm -hmm. or conclusion two is, Maybe I can make the market there. Right. So. Right. Well, excellent. Uh, okay, so let's go to the chat room and see if uh, we have anything in it's, here. Uh, it's been pretty quiet in there. Uh, Tony Rusi's checking to say to make sure everybody's here. He says, uh, hey, hello. Uh, he promised himself that he wouldn't get a haircut and shave till I found the treasure. This is a goal that I can give up. So he's going to get his Because <laughs> he's not... Uh, uh, emotionally attached to that goal. <laughs> so we were talking about your support uh, mechanism, and Don Davidson said, happy you have Toby Michael as a good friend. Yeah. And partner. That's right. He says, great show, Shelley. He reminded us that I was uh, thinking of Michael Phelps. Right. Uh, and... That's that's again our one of our support systems is the people in the chat room because when we forget a name, uh, they're always right there to provide it. Uh -huh. It's so helpful. And then uh, he says, uh, oh, Joe, Joe S. is in the room. He says, thank you, Toby and Shelley. And he says, wish that mindset could infect the first chase. This, the first chase. Huh? Yeah. The first chase. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, it is that mindset. Yeah. Uh, well. There, there, uh, there doesn't seem to be in the in the chase. There seems to be. It seems to be more competitive than. Yes. Than, and uh, you have to look at the core, uh, the core objective. Right. To, is, to understand that. Right. Whereas with the core objective of uh, the chase is uh, one person finds the treasure and right. gets to keep it all. Whereas the core objective of uh, the restore oh, customization the, the, the rest of toy vehicles uh, is about uh, let's see what cool things we can mm -hmm. make. Exactly. And there's no shortage right. of cars that you can create right no shortage of cards no no shortage of viewers because they all seem to be you know it doesn't make any difference if you go through this process there's one guy who has a very standardized process is he's in the uk and he has a it's just he picks the car and he goes through the same set of steps mm -hmm. and each one of those videos has fifteen thousand views in well, the first two he days. has a process yeah. that's part yeah. of his support system yeah. yeah so they're watching him do the same thing on just a different car and, and if you look at the others, as people pick up on this, that one granddad who just made kind of a... Rusty Shepherd. Rusty Shepherd, who just made a, a phone video of him fixing a Tonka dump truck for his grandson. That was kind of what he was doing. And now 
he's up to 15,000 subscribers and, and uh, he's buying uh, uh, sandblasters and powder coating booths and things like this. And, and I wrote him on one of his comments and I, the comment that I made was, it seems to me like you're really getting to enjoy this stuff. And he wrote back and he says, I am, it's addictive. And I didn't know whether the addiction was uh, restoring uh, toy trucks or the addiction was 15,000 views on right. the video of you. I, well, there is definitely a dopamine rush when you get views and likes on something you've produced, yeah. right? Yeah. It's approval from uh -huh. the masses, and yeah. it gives you that, uh, that boost of confidence, and you want it, you want it again. Right. So, I think yeah, absolutely. I think that's what it is, and and he's not at the four thousand hour watch time. He's already over a thousand subscribers, but he's not at the four thousand hours. But he knows that's a goal, right? Because sooner or later, you're going to have to explain to the misses why you're in the garage all, every afternoon playing around with that stuff. You know, uh, sooner or later, you're going to produce a, a revenue check from uh, from YouTube, and it'll and surprise her and surprise her, yeah. yeah. Look, honey. Let's go to dinner. I got yeah. paid by yeah. YouTube. Because <laughs> yeah. that's about all you can do with a YouTube check. At, at the least the first so. couple of them. Yeah. 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 So. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for this conversation today. And do you have anything to add? I'm no, I've had a, well, that was a good, fun conversation. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, who was here in our chat room today. Thank you to all the people watching and listening in the future. And please don't give up. If you need support to keep you going on your goals, please uh, contact us at the softer side and or jump into our chat room and let us know what's going on. We'll be happy to hear from you. And for the softer side, I am your life transitions coach, Shelly Carney. Thank you for listening to The Softer Side with Shelly Carney and Toby Yunus. Please write to us with questions or ideas for future shows at thesofterside.info at gmail.com and visit the free member vault for more great tips and ideas at eSofterSide.